Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Good morning. This is a series which we are going to focus for the next few days titled Walking with Jesus. My name is Animon Philip and I will be discussing a few thoughts with you from the book of Matthew chapter 5 and beyond focusing upon Jesus what would our walk with Jesus be like and what does he expect from us what is the mechanism and what is the thinking or what is the methods in the kingdom of heaven i believe more than any time it is today that we need to think and behave like Jesus did we need to show what is the essence of the kingdom of heaven and i believe that the series will be a blessing in your life and i hope and pray that god speaks to you through these words we're going to focus in the the book of matthew chapter 5 from the first verse onwards and we will be going through the things that Jesus taught his disciples through the sermon on the mount before we start with the verses can we just bow our heads for a word of prayer dear lord jesus thank you for this beautiful morning and as we meditate upon your word lord jesus help us to understand the essence of who you are and help our lives to be transformed help our thinkings to be transformed so that we will think and behave like you want us to do lord help us to focus our eyes on things in heaven above where you are seated on the right hand of god the father thank you lord jesus bless us together in jesus name we pray amen let's start with the first verse of matthew chapter 5 it says i will be using the reference from the new king james version so when we turn to matthew chapter 5 verses 1 it says and seeing the multitudes he went up on a mountain and when he was seated his disciples came to him then he opened his mouth and taught them saying if you look at the nature of the first verse itself it speaks volumes about who jesus is and it is a primer to what you are going to see in the following verses now what has been impressed upon us or on my mind from a very long time was there was a large multitude sitting around jesus christ and he went up to a comfortable spot from where he could talk to the people around him to the large crowd that was sitting around him by the mountain side but as i examined the verse i realized that jesus did something very unique to his nature and that is what we see in verse number 1 it says and seeing the multitudes he went up on a mountain 
and when he was seated his disciples came to him so there was probably a a sermon or a or a discourse that was going along and probably the crowd was quite large and jesus wanted a private moment with his disciples to sit down and talk to them and he expounded some of the biggest mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to his disciples in a very private moment he didn't carry the crowd along with him it never said that the multitudes went up with him to the mountains no and it would have been a very difficult task at those times rather he saw the multitudes and then he went up on the mountain and sat down in a comfortable spot and then his disciples reached near him and sat near him in fact it says came to him and then he opened his mouth and taught them saying this is so unique of jesus he was not seeking the multitudes and this is what i really like about jesus as you begin this the sessions of walking with jesus i want you to understand a very fundamental nature of jesus he is the most humble person that you could ever meet he is not somebody who craves attention or seeks fame or popularity nothing of that sort he is the exact opposite of everything that you thought you would see in a spiritual leader or in a leader of any mass following he was already popular that is why the multitudes were already sitting around him but to hand over some of the most important things in the kingdom of heaven he chose a rather private spot up the mountain and then his disciples came near him i do not know the count of the disciples it must have been 12 it must have been 50 it must have been 70 i do not know maybe it must have been only the 12 it clearly says his disciples so i presume it was a 12 and then to them he speaks quietly the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven as you examine the gospels you will see this pattern of him repeating his humility repeating again and again the same person who gave the discourse on the mount the same person who healed the multitudes would always tell the person who was healed that is right after healing them he would tell them something very unique he would tell them do not tell anyone about this can you believe it after doing a miracle which is a wow moment in anybody's life jesus tells that person do not tell anyone keep it quiet this is jesus for you he's the most humble the most loving person that you could come across and this is my introduction to him so he starts off by saying and then he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven are you seeking the kingdom of heaven what is the kingdom of heaven The kingdom of heaven is a 
place where God is king. Where Jesus has his authority, where Jesus is ruling. Where there are set rules and principles that must be followed. It is not a physical place. It is a heavenly kingdom. It becomes a part of you when you start following God. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you believe that he shed his blood for you. That kingdom reality becomes part of you when you are born again as a son of God. As a child of God. And to such a crowd he is saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what it means to be poor in spirit? It is not an easy thing. To understand better, I would rather say, Who is proud in spirit? Do you know examples of people who are strong in their spirit or proud in their spirit. You might see some politicians, you might see some famous actors. Lots of people talk about being strong mentally, having a strong inner power, a positive self-image. A person who is strong in his spirit He's not going to walk with his shoulders hanging low, drooping down, looking to the ground. No, he's going to walk with his chest held straight, his head straight up, full of vigor and strength and he's going to be marching up his steps. Have you seen a person who's poor in spirit? A person who's poor in spirit is the one who will be characteristically being drooping in his shoulders, looking down, rather sad. He's the one who's lost hope in a lot of things. But to such a person, Christ is telling, Blessed are the poor in spirit. What do you mean by poor in spirit? A person who chooses to become poor in spirit is the one who decides to depend on God for everything. In the common English version it says, God blesses those people who depend only on him. It's a choice that you make when I'm going this morning to work, when I'm doing the things at home, when I'm in my school, in my office, whatever it is. I might be just going to shop in the supermarket. You can make a choice to depend on God this day or you can depend on yourself this morning. What is a choice that you make to depend on God? You might be the best skilled person who knows everything in your job. But just as you step foot in the office, you can say, God, I don't know anything. With my whole heart, I seek your wisdom and your understanding and knowledge to be successful in what I do. You practically are dropping every shield that you have, every strength that you have, and you are submitting to God 
just as a little child and asking him to help you you might be going to shop you can just humbly ask god god please help me to get these 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 things that i want to buy today in your natural self you might know that you can get it but why don't you depend on god that is where the glory and the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven comes to play the things that you asked for will be answered to you your sense of weakness and dependency on god will make you stronger rather than being weaker in what you are doing and this morning i want to encourage you whatever you do today walk with jesus this morning and the only thing that he asks you is to depend on him for everything how do you depend on him for everything you might be going some place you might be doing some work you might be might be anything can you specifically ask him to help you to give you wisdom to give you direction in whatever specifically that you want to do today and tell him i want you to really help me in this it's not only when you go for your exams let his kingdom be a part of your life every moment and every second of your life depend only on him the kingdom of heaven is wonderful may god bless us with these words this morning thank you praise the lord welcome to the church of god central west region ype podcasts good morning this is part 2 of the series walking with jesus today we are going to focus on another important aspect that we can see in the gospel of matthew chapter 5 here you can see that the whole chapter is talking of something which is beyond what we would associate with human nature as we read the first verse that is in the verse 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven to be one who is possessing the kingdom of heaven you have to be poor in spirit not strong in spirit as we read down jesus commands great blessings for the people whom we exactly think are not going to fit into the category and here we have people who got who mourn people who are meek people who hunger and thirst for righteousness people who are merciful people who are pure in heart people who are peacemakers and people who are persecuted for righteousness sake a whole lot of people whom we would not fit into the acceptable categories of of human understanding are the ones who are valued heavily in the presence of god and as you scroll down you can actually see that jesus talks about being the salt of the earth and being the light of the world and he tells something which is very 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 important here we all have a flavor 
which god puts into our life we all have a spark a light which god gives in our light in our life and it is this seasoning it is this light that people need to experience jesus never told here that he wants us to take a tract or a set of booklets and step out and start preaching it is very easy to preach in places where you don't know anybody or places where nobody knows you but jesus has said something very very important here and here he says to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of the world you cannot go somewhere else and give your light and be a flavor in people's life you can only influence a certain group of people around you and that is a normal tendency across the world the normal human tendency you have a circle of influence and your circle of influence is going to determine what or how many people you are in touch with the more your circle of influence grows the more popular you are and it is in this circle of influence that jesus has asked each of us to be the salt and the light of the world he says that let the people sh- let the people see the light that is in us and what should they do by seeing the light they will see your good works and will glorify your father in heaven and that is the essence of why we are here on this earth our lives should be able to glorify god people should look at our lives and say wow i think he really reflects god's love through his life you will be wondering how can we do this around us if you start depending on jesus if you start transforming your mind daily you will start realizing that that you are becoming the salt and the light for people around you is not something which you just do for one day you go for or you go for a 40 day fast and the 41st day you stand up and you say something big to people around you or you say a prophetic word nothing of that sort it is your daily life that people are looking at it is what you do that people really are concerned about and that is why we often hear that people's testimonies don't match he speaks one thing on the stage and he does the opposite once he's out of the stage and nobody is going to listen to that man if you start loving people if you start showing people the love of god that is how they're going to know god through you and christ is very clear he says that let them see the light in you and let them glorify your father in heaven 
So God has to put the light in us and we reflect his light to the world. And when they see the goodness that comes through us, they say, oh, wow, oh, you being a believer, this is what you do and I really like it. And thank you for being there. And that becomes the moment when God can actually touch their lives. We think that by preaching or by inviting our friends over to a special meeting or by going to their homes and sitting and discussing faith and religion and things like that, we're going to get them to the Lord. No. In fact, we might even push them away all the more. All that we need to show them is the love of God. It's the love of Christ. You will ask me, how do we show them the love of Christ? How do we show them the love of God? For that, all you have to do is go to the most important thing that Jesus has taught us in the book of Gospel of John, chapter 15. He says the, the most central thing to the Christian faith. He tells him, in John chapter 15 verses 17 these things I command you that you love one another you go back to John chapter 14 verses 23 and 24 Jesus answered and said to him if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the words which you hear is not mine but the words that the father has said, the father who has sent me. What are we expected to do in this world? All that Christ expects of us is to show His love to the world. In John 3.16 we read the most famous words that all of us practically know by heart and it is for God. So love the world. How will the world know that God has loved the world so much? Not by us recounting the story of Jesus Christ on the cross. That will not create an impact in the majority of minds. You can create an emotional deal out of it. You can create an intellectual talk out of it. But the true expression of the love on the cross is when you reflect it from your life into their lives. And you start showing them the love that God wanted us to express to the world. And how do we show that love? By loving one another. It's become commonplace today that we think that we should only love people in the church. And even that is not there, surprisingly, in a lot of places. But he expects us to love one another, which means love your neighbor, love everybody around you, 
there might be people who hurt you there might be people who who insult you there might be people who praise you everyone has to receive the same measure why often you last be then how will we love how can i start loving what should i do to love them the first thing you need to do is forgive people who have hurt you forgive them sit in the presence of the lord and you don't need to pray long prayers for this you just have to tell a very simple prayer to the lord and tell him dear lord please forgive me and i forgive all those people who have hurt me christ never told to forgive somebody whom we have hurt he's rather said to forgive those who have hurt us forgive them and as we start forgiving them as we start loving them we start moving into an expression of love when you no longer are conniving or scheming and plotting and thinking and you stand as a perfect radiation of god's love that is how people are going to experience the love of god and that is how the world is going to see the light and the salt that is in you and they are going to praise your father in heaven dear children of god it is perfect love that casts all out all fears and in the lord's prayer jesus has told one very significant thing the last phrase before he ends the lord's prayer he tells his disciples that unless you forgive others your heavenly father will not forgive you if i put it another way unless you start loving others it's difficult to sense the love of god in your life can we all just come at our hearts this day to turn away from wickedness to turn away from hatred to turn away from anger and to start loving each other and once you start loving each other wholeheartedly I assure you you are going to feel the presence of God every single day of your life. That is the promise that Christ has given us that he and the father is going to come and dwell with us. You can claim that promise in prayer and ask the Lord, Lord, here I am and doing what you have told me to love one another. And the moment you start loving one another, loving your neighbor as yourself, you are going to experience the presence of god and jesus christ in you and thus through you people are going to see the light 
the light of the world and people are going to taste the true salt of the earth if you love another person you have practically kept the 10 commandments you can murder somebody you can covet something from somebody or you can hurt somebody or hate somebody or do something against anybody whom you love that is why jesus christ said the greatest command is to love the lord your god and to love one another may god bless us with these words and help us to prepare our hearts so that we are ready at his second coming amen praise the lord welcome to the church of god central west region ype podcasts good morning and this is the third part of the series walking with jesus yesterday we did talk about how to show the love of jesus christ to the world and how god expects us to show his love to the world around us today we're going to focus on an equally important topic which is an extension of the topic of showing the love of god for that let us turn to the book of matthew chapter 5 verses 21 onwards here it says you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment but i say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whoever says to his brother raka shall be in danger of the council but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire jesus has taken the level much much higher he set the bar much higher in the old testament it was told do not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment but in the new testament jesus says whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment now christ is specific that you can have you can become angry but for a reason but very often we do get angry without a cause and that is where we begin to sin a cause has to be a genuine cause there needs to be a genuine factor that maybe there was something that was not done properly or there was a system which was not done correctly but everything need not need to have an expression of anger in it we believe that if we show anger to somebody or to something or to some person we might 
become more powerful is what we consider ourselves but the reality is that we don't become powerful instead we become much much more weaker jesus is telling us do not be angry at anyone without a cause and if you get angry the situation is similar to killing somebody or murdering somebody so it begins in the heart how does murder begin in the heart it begins with anger hunger forms and forms and forms and forms itself inside and finally one day just a simple blow of your hand is enough to put to death a person do you think that crowds who go for lynchings were inspired to lynch or do you think that they set their hearts on murdering somebody intentionally never the build up of anger in their hearts eventually led to the expression of death for somebody and jesus goes on to say and who was says to his brother raka shall be in danger of the council so raka is a, is something something is a word which is similar to calling somebody a fool or somebody who's worthless why should calling somebody a fool or calling somebody worthless be as dangerous as being worthy of the fire of hell Now this is where I would like to bring in a very important aspect into your life. If you believe that in the book of Genesis it was written that God created man in his own image and likeness. If you were to look at an image that he has made that is another man and call that image worthless or fool or useless don't you think that you're pointing your fingers at the creator and telling him that he's worthless how many of you would like to do that or how many of you would dare do that if you so much as fear god then why can't you treat your fellow human beings with the same respect that you treat god to god desires that you treat and love everybody with the same respect and love that you show him in fact one of the most famous passages that 
we often hear during fasting prayers in our churches is a passage where we read about in the book of Isaiah chapter 58 where God tells some of the most amazing things about fasting and he tells them in Isaiah chapter 58 verses 3 it says God is talking to them and telling you wonder why the Lord pays no attention when you go without eating and act humble but on those same days that you give up eating you think only of yourselves and abuse your workers you even get angry and are ready to fight no wonder God won't listen to your prayers Do you think the Lord wants you to give up eating and to act as humble as a bent over bush or to dress in sackcloth and sit in ashes is this really what he wants on a day of worship I'll tell you what it really means to worship the Lord verse 6 Remove the chains of prisoners who are chained unjustly free those who are abused share your food with everyone who's angry who's hungry and share your home with the poor and the homeless give clothes to those in need and don't turn away your relatives and verse 9 it says don't mistreat others or falsely accuse them or say something cruel god is a god of love and he is all about people If you do not know how to love and serve and respect other people forget your fellow believers i'm talking about the rest of the world everyone in the world your neighbors your classmates your schoolmates your your teachers your workmates everybody your colleagues anybody anywhere all that god is looking for you to do is is to treat them with love and respect when you begin to love them and respect them that is the moment when they begin to see the love of god because everyone today in the world is looking out for just that one thing that is the love of god how can the love of god be poured into the hearts of people not by preaching a sermon You can preach a hundred sermons to the heart, but it's just your one act of love that is going to touch the heart. People can make it out when you are acting and when you are doing it genuinely. So when you do it with all your heart, just as you would serve God and not man, that is the moment when you're going to see. people are going to respond to the love of god people are going to say that i see the light of god in you what you just said to me or what you just did for me has really touched my heart now do you understand why god says not to even get angry at someone Do not be angry with your brother. And when Jesus used the word brother he doesn't mean a religious community or a group of people in one 
one church group nothing he clearly says his criteria is every other human being and his heart was all about love my dear brothers and sisters as you listen to the word this morning have you normalized getting angry at others have you normalized abusing people or calling somebody worthless or useless are abusive words coming out of your mouth more frequently than words of encouragement and words of support and words of love and words of service has it become a habit for you to get angry with people around you and then casually go and tell sorry and just walk out and never forgive them from the depth of your heart i would like to ask you a very frank question this morning at the end of the lord's prayer jesus specifically says until you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you your father in heaven will will not forgive you if you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you your father in father in heaven will forgive you dear brothers and sisters turn to the lord this morning and ask him for forgiveness in all the areas of your life where you have mistreated people or where we, where you have held hatred and anger in your heart towards others they must have hurt you yes you might be right yes so also has god been right in millions of situations in your life but he still f- chose to forgive you if god chose to forgive you why can't you just forgive your love your brothers and sisters around you and the day you forgive them and say a simple prayer saying lord i forgive them name them name each and every situation do not generalize things every person whom you whom you have had a situation of anger or hatred or you abuse them verbally or emotionally or in some manner or the other start confessing it to the lord and as you confess each and every situation sometimes the lord might ask you to go and physically go and talk to them and ask for forgiveness whichever way the holy spirit leads you lead and deal like that but the day you do that that is the day your heart is going to start singing with the joy of the lord there is a verse which the psalmist says in psalm 51 and that is restore unto me the joy of your salvation the day you accepted the lord there was a moment of joy which only your heart knew you couldn't express it but it showed on your face as brightness and happiness that is the joy of salvation and that will reach your heart and that is what god expects you to bubble over into others that is the taste of salt that the world is waiting to taste in their lives that is the light which the world is waiting to see in their lives dear child of god
can you turn back to him this morning can you seek his face and ask him that to forgive you just as you have started to forgive every person against whom you have sinned or against or who ha- whoever has sinned against you let us walk with jesus together thank you and god bless amen praise the lord welcome to the church of god central west region ype podcasts good morning and this is part 4 of the series walking with jesus today morning we are going to continue with the aspect that we discussed yesterday we ended on a note of repentance and asking for forgiveness and forgiving other people today i would like to focus on something very 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 important and that is the aspect of forgiving others and repenting of our sins holding grudges and anger in your heart is not going to make you see the face of god repeatedly throughout the bible you can see that god demands that you love others that you take care of others that you forgive others if you are keen that through your life as a believer as a christian as a child of god you really want to live the experience of of having and knowing god intimately if that is your aim in life the core essence of that is to love god and is to love one another we all commit sins in our life we all have problems in our lives we all face temptations we win some we lose some but how do we tackle the things that we haven't been able to overcome do we give up and walk away that is where i would like to bring your attention this morning one of the central verses that we all know well is where we read it says repent and be baptized for the salvation of your soul i do not know whether you you've already been baptized or whether you had to be baptized whatever your situation is there is a point called as repentance we often have been taught or made to understand that repentance is just confessing your sins and crying out and the emotional deed and saying that no i leave my sins behind and i go away that is the usual idea that has been propagated over time and we just say the lord's prayer and we say that okay i have become a believer i have become a child of god but there is something more important than that Yes you need to say and confess that the that Jesus is the lord of your life yes that is important but equally important is that you need to repent of your sins 
of the things that are secretive in your life. You need to repent of the anger and the hatred that has come into your life. What do you mean by repent? I'm not going into the Greek or the or the Hebrew and the Latin and all these things, but let me just make it very clear. Repentance is not an emotional deal. Repentance is a thoughtful act. It is a decision that you make that you will no longer do an act or do a sinful thing that you were doing in your life before. It is not an emotional deal. You're not you're not crying out to God and saying, God, I've done this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for doing this. That is not repentance. True repentance is not an emotional deal. True repentance is a conscious decision. When I mean a conscious decision, it is like you have one day you were walking on a road, you saw a banana peel lying on the ground. You stepped on the banana peel, you slipped and you fell. The impact of the fall was so bad that it hurt you and you realized that I should not walk over a banana peel or step over a banana peel. Or you fell into a hole or whatever it is. After the fall, there is a decision that you made. I will be careful next time. The next time I see a banana peel, I will not step on it. I will not be careless enough to put my foot on a banana peel that has been thrown on the ground carelessly. So what do you do? You make a conscious decision. But if I were to give another example, suppose someday you ate something and you develop an allergy to the food. What would you do? You make a conscious decision that next time I am not going to eat this particular food or I am not going to take this particular medicine. There is a decision that you made from your heart. It is not an emotional decision. It's a decision which you have understood fully that the consequences are bad, that you are not going to benefit from it and therefore you are turning away from it. And it is a choice. You are willfully making a choice there. Dear brothers and sisters, that is true repentance. Repentance is not listening to an emotional message and then taking an emotional decision. Repentance is understanding that walking in the way of sin is not going to help you to get to God. Walking in the way of sin, claiming to be a Christian and still living a sinful life is not going to help you realize and live the life that is promised in the kingdom of heaven. I'm not talking only of eternity. There is a peace and there is a joy and there is heaven. 
that a believer that a child of god can experience even while on this earth and that is exactly what christ says the peace that passeth all understanding it is not only for giving the benediction it is not a comfort phrase it is a reality it is a ground breaking reality and if you haven't experienced that peace let me tell you you're really missing the joy of christian life if anyone tells you that christian life is full of struggles and pains i think he has missed the core of the essence of of god yes it is struggles and pains but it is not the reality of the christian of the child of god the reality of the child of god is the joy and the peace and the happiness and the peace that passes all understanding that guards his heart he is not guarding his heart with the peace he is not telling himself that yes yes it is joy yes yes it is peace it is not affirmative statements or it is not positive thinking it is the heavenly peace that overwhelms his heart that cannot be explained in human terms and that will reflect on his face and that will reflect in his life true repentance is a conscious decision and that is a choice that you have to make if you are living in sin today you need to make a conscious choice if you are watching something or if you are speaking a particular way if you have bad influences in your life you need to make a conscious choice that this is it i understand that my act is going to lead me to death any sinful act however hidden and submerged it might be in your life today my dear brothers and sisters it is going to lead to death your life is going to be in turmoil you're going to live in anxiety and the end result is spiritual and eventually physical death you are not experiencing the joy of the presence of god you're living a life which is alien to the presence of god you're living according to the rules of the world and only attending church on sundays if there is some sin like that in your life if there is anger if there is hatred if there is sexual sin in your life that you're struggling with and you're thinking that okay it is just okay to just say sorry and just you know maybe try to overcome it maybe fall again maybe try to overcome it you need to make a conscious choice and the choice is with you you may have trouble some of you might be having uncontrollable urges to do certain activities if you have got uncontrollable urges and if you are if you think that you are suddenly walking into sin without even being able to resist it at any level you want to resist it but you can't control yourself if that is happening please go and seek help of your pastor or of a spiritual leader who can pray over you 
there is a good chance that you must be having spiritual fights probably because of sinful activities you have left areas open in your life open to demonic influences which can control your life and through repentance and through prayer and deliverance you will come back by the grace of god to the level of life that christ has expectations from you you will come to the joy and the peace that is characteristic of a child of god you must have heard of our forefathers talking of the joy and peace and happiness that they had that joy is ours even today we only have lost it because we gave a little compromise to a lot of things in our life god is calling you back today he loves you so dearly he loves you so dearly and he's waiting for you to come back to him in the book of galatians it says that we have been adopted as children of god do you understand the word adopted have you been to an orphanage children there behave in different ways each has got his own independent nature what if somebody comes there and one day adopts a child from the orphanage from the day he steps into the new house into the new family the parents in the in the adopted house who have adopted a child will always have an expectation will always have their rules and regulations and a way of thinking within the house the child cannot expect to behave whichever way he wants to be the same is with us as children of god we have been adopted yes we have features of the flesh in us but that doesn't mean that we are going to forever remain the way we were before we are going to turn back and renew our minds on a daily basis that we might become more and more similar to the nature of the father who's adopted us as children dear child of god today is your day to turn back to the lord walking with jesus is a pleasure is a joy and it's a reality and it is his promise in the book of in the gospel of john that in chapter 14 verses 23 that the father and jesus will come and stay with us make his residence with us if you obey his commands and his primary command is to love one another i pray today that you turn your hearts to jesus and seek his face and repent and turn 
from the things that hold you back repent and come back to the love of god and may god bless us with these words thank you praise the lord welcome to the church of god central west region ype podcasts good morning and this is part 5 of the series walking with jesus i hope you all had a beautiful night of rest and peace and as we sit in the presence of god to meditate on his word can we just bow our heads for a moment of prayer and ask the lord to speak to us this morning dear father in heaven in the name of jesus we come before thy presence dear father please speak to us through thy word this day lord may a word bring healing and deliverance and be a double edged sword in our lives this morning lord please speak to us master give us today our daily bread lord thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen as much as i wanted to talk from the topic of uh, anger and murder just as i had mentioned earlier the last talk anger begets the desire to murder as you get angry it forms hatred and hatred forms leads a person to commit the act of murder so essentially christ is telling you that the moment you are angry the very act of being angry is equal to or is as significant as the act of committing murder you don't need to do the act sometimes it is just the thought that eventually leads to the act in today's world if you look at the current media news channels all of them focus on one thing they all focus on fomenting some sort of disturbance and hate in your heart as soon as you read a news or listen to some news or watch some news the quickest thing that happens to your soul is that you are quickly biased against people and against communities they form an anger in you and without your knowledge soon you you are angry at those people and in no time if if given a chance you will be there to hurt or even take the life of somebody else that is why jesus says do not even be angry our master who created us knows our hearts well and he knows that this is what leads eternal condemnation for men and to save us out of love our lord jesus has told us that this is what we need to do just in continuity to the topic of anger and murder let us move on to the verse matthew chapter 5 verses 38 up to 48 The 10 verses focuses on two main topics 
which is equally related to the issue of anger love and forgiveness and verse 38 to verse 42 talks about revenge and verse 43 to 48 talks about loving your enemies verse 38 says you know that you've been taught an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but i tell you not to try to get even with a person who has done something to you when someone slaps your right cheek turn and let that person slap your other cheek the words of christ is so powerful world over again and again people quote these passages across secular media across secular literature the moment someone slaps your face especially in an eastern culture someone slapping your face is a sign of extreme disrespect at that moment to hold yourself down and turn the other cheek for that you need the grace of god you need to turn around and it is easy to say sometimes that to turn the other cheek but quite often it is so difficult when the first blow comes to the left cheek to process and to forgive the man or the woman whoever it is and then turn the other cheek too between the first slap and you deciding to turn the other cheek too is something very phenomenal and that is the act of forgiveness if you did not choose to forgive that person at that moment you would retaliate to that person unless and until you have the love of god living in your hearts in the depth of your hearts you could never turn the other cheek you have to be filled with the love of god and with his holy spirit to forgive the man on the spot and faithfully almost like a sheep which is preparing to be slaughtered to turn the other cheek and it's almost implicit there that you are requesting him to slap the other cheek too dear child of god that one image can bring a thousand people to the lord if you are being persecuted either for your faith or for the righteous act that you have done or for standing for the lord or for doing something good you may not need to preach a sermon there you may not even need to pray the salvation prayer there but people seeing the very act of forgiveness in play are going to remember you for a lifetime and some day they're going to come and ask you why did you do that even if they don't ask you they might come around and find out 
that you are a child of God. And that is why we can again go back to the verse where Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. How does the people see the light when you show it through your life? And why do you show the light out? So that they may praise your Father in heaven. They may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The ultimate glory finally goes to God. He is going to receive the glory for that. Because it is He who has put the thought in you or whose spirit has worked in you and transformed you so much that you no longer behave like a man of the world. As I had mentioned in the previous talks, as adopted children, as adopted children, if you are adopted, you have certain mannerisms, you have certain thoughts. When you live in an orphanage, you have a certain pattern of thinking. But as soon as you are adopted by the family, the family expects that you learn their mannerisms, learn their culture, learn their etiquette. And that is how eventually you come to be known as a member of that family. Over the years, if your past is concealed to you, you are going to believe for sure that that you were born as a part of that family. Unless somebody explicitly told you that you were adopted, you would never know that. That is what God expects us of, of us. He has adopted us through Christ. And when He looks at us, He actually sees us through the filter. I think I can use the word filter because you all are used to filters on your phone, on your mobile phone cameras. He sees us through the filter of the blood of Jesus. And when he sees us through the filter of the blood of Jesus, we are righteous in his sight. Why? Not because of what we have done, but because Christ stands in between us as a filter which takes away every filth in our life and presents us as acceptable to God. It is not that it gives us the right to live in filth. Rather, we do not perish because of our sins, because Christ stands in between us. Yes, you will be punished for your act of sin if you have done it willfully and you have chosen to go that way. And yes, there is punishment for that. But in the eyes of God, you are still his precious child. And why did you become his precious child? Because of the blood of Jesus. Let me for a moment take you to a beautiful verse which is going to link up all of these things. 
In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32 it says Get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you and that is the mystery that was revealed to Christ Jesus We have been forgiven through Christ Jesus And just because we have been forgiven we have to make a choice to get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling slander and every form of malice and we have to make the choice to be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other dear child of god the problem today is that we often think that the moment we've got baptized or we accepted the lord we got baptized or we f- we got filled in tongues we started speaking in tongues we got filled with the holy spirit or we got we got filled with the power of the holy spirit we often think that we have no more things to do now it is god's work to do now he has to do what we have to do my dear child of god it is not so he has still given us our free will he hasn't captured us and bound us in our thoughts and told us that you are brainwashed no we still have our free will with us and that is what i praise and thank my god for that he has given us our free will and has still given us a choice even after giving the sacrifice of the blood of jesus he still has left us with a free choice on every count and the choice that he expects us to make is a choice that we made the day we repented of our sins the day we repented of our sins and the day we accepted the lord and the day we got baptized we made a commitment and a choice and we made it loud to the world that this is the choice that i have made and i consciously forsake my sinful acts of the past and that is why paul says here to the church in ephesians in ephesus that get rid you need to get rid of it you need to get rid of the attitude to do revenge and may god bless us with these words amen praise the lord welcome to the church of god central west region ype podcasts Good morning and this is day 6 of the series Walking with Jesus. We ended yesterday by talking about the need to end our attitude towards revenge, the need to end our attitude towards infighting, the need to end our attitudes 
because there's a choice we have to make either you can choose to serve and love one another or you can choose to be full of hate and anger and revenge and rage and malice that is your choice how do you get rid of all the anger rage malice you can try to be nice but that is just diplomacy But the best way to do it is to humble yourself in the presence of the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit for grace in these matters. And what did our Lord Jesus put as an example? In John chapter 13, when Jesus is sitting with with his disciples on the Passover table, even with the man who is going to betray him, Jesus gets up and decides to wash the feet of his disciples here is the man who walked with his disciples for the last 3 and a half years who taught them who gave instructions who was the one who did all the miracles who who did mighty things now the teacher stands up and says i want to wash the feet of all the students sitting over here in the class and he also knows that one of the students in the class is going to kill him is going to betray him i think knowing beforehand that someone is going to do something to you is a terribly painful scenario because you have to confront the nature of man and you have to face it quietly and bear with it now jesus knew that this man is going to betray him and he quietly sat with him in the table for for the passover and then jesus gets up and washes his feet and then tells him go and do what you have to do i think there is no parallel to this in history and the best way to get rid of revenge is to have the attitude of serving others we all think that we should start serving in the church that is the first thought that comes to our mind we all think that we have to serve Have you ever thought that you can also serve in your house? How many of th- how many of you thought that you could serve your parents? I'm not talking of saying that we take care of them or we love them, no, to serve them. If you are married, if you have children, how many of you have thought of serving your spouse to serve somebody is to stand in absolute humility in front of them how many of you have served your children
and as you stand up to serve what is seen is no longer you but it is the love of god that flows through your heart and as you serve and as you serve you also understand that you no longer are, are strong in your spirit but rather you are poor in your spirit i recently came across a very powerful verse which made me understand that whatever jesus said in the new testament on the sermon on the mount was exactly the nature of god even in the old testament in aisha chapter 66 verses 2 it says in the common english version it says the people i treasure the most are the humble they depend only on me and tremble when i speak in the nkjv it says but on this one will i look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word god's attention is purely on those who are of a poor spirit of a contrite spirit not the one who can stand up and say i think i can do all of these things today on my own it's your attitude of dependence on god in the in the common english version it says they depend only on me it it becomes a it becomes a very difficult scenario you 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 practically are depending on god for everything you wake up in the morning you decide that i am going to depend on my god for everything and trust me he will never let you down you be surprised by the ways that god is going to lead you through each and every day every moment of your day before you step step out you want to catch a bus pray ask the lord you can ask him god is it worthwhile i should travel by this or that you be surprised by the way god deals with you and that is when you're going to have a god moment in your life a moment when god actually comes and stands next to you and touches your heart very soon let me tell you brothers and sisters tears are going to flow from your eyes without even a sermon being preached or an emotional note being stuck anywhere because that is the essence of the presence of god you might be either bubbling with joy or tears are not coming because you are crying out about something painfully but tears of joy rather and that is the joy of the presence of the lord and in matthew chapter 6 verses 43 43 onwards equally interlinked topic is where jesus talks about love and he talks about love your neighbor and hate your enemies is what people said earlier but in but i tell you 
to love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you and then he says something very profound that is when you are going to act then you will be acting like your father in heaven you want to behave like god you want to behave like your father in heaven do you want your identity to be similar to that of your father in heaven jesus has practically given us a shortcut here and he tells us what you need to do is love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you he doesn't say to raise a voice or to put it out on some social media disparage about a person call up your friend and talk to them write a complaint note straight to the to the principal or write a complaint note to the hr of your department or or do something which is going to bring that person's person down by some means or the other no he never says that he tells you want to be, do something better do you want to be better than the rest of this world do you want to behave like your father in heaven then don't do anything when they mistreat you mistreat you just go ahead and love them back quite often if you go and stand in front of a person who's just mistreated you and hurt you either physically or emotionally or verbally whatever way it is you will you will have such rage coming up in your heart but if you choose at that moment to forgive him and to say okay he's done something or she has done something maybe they didn't understand me correctly i'll just love them i want i want even for a moment let my mind think that they have done something bad to me rather i'm going to sit down and pray in the presence of my god and i'm going to tell him father i think that i have done something that that maybe i said something and they didn't like it or they misunderstood it and i've been mistreated lord forgive me and the biggest prayer you can praise lord i forgive them and i pray today our usual attitude is to pray for punishment is to pray for revenge to be given on them suddenly we only remember the psalmist in all these things and we forget our lord jesus christ in all these scenarios the only thing that christ asks us to do is don't pray for revenge now i'll tell you something very profound here when you pray that lord please forgive them lord i forgive them you actually touching the very core of the heart of a father in heaven do you know why because god created you and god created that person too in his own image and likeness when you sit in his presence asking for revenge you are actually hurting his heart because he loves the other person too and he is waiting that some day that person should also know about his love and turn to the, to the love to the love of the father through the blood of jesus through jesus christ that he might know the father 
God is waiting for that situation in the other person's life too. Maybe it is your act of forgiveness that is going to change that man's life. Dear child of God, don't pray for revenge. Don't pray for revenge. Love them back. You are one step closer to heaven and I will give you the assurance because the word of God gives assurance and my Lord Jesus Christ has given that promise in the book of John. He's clearly mentioned and let me read that verse for you. In the book of John chapter 14 verses 23 Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, they will obey me. Then my Father will love them, and we will come to them and live in them. If you obey his commandment, that is, to love one another, and to forgive people, and not take revenge, and to love your enemies, the promise he's given us is that he, our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father is going to come and dwell with you and is going to stay with you and live in them. And that is the promise that He's given us. If you are able to pray like that today, you have every right in heaven and on earth to ask our Lord Jesus Christ for His presence in your room, in your house, with you every single moment. And that is the assurance he's given. Because you are representing him clearly on this earth. I pray that you live a life that God wants you to live. And that you behave like your father in heaven. May God bless us with these words. Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. Good morning and this is day 7 of the series Walking with Jesus. Today morning, before I start, let us just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank thee for this beautiful morning that you've given us, Lord. I pray, O Lord, that you will speak to us and touch us. And as we hear from thy word, Lord, may it bring healing, deliverance, and restoration in our life. Thank you for having heard our prayer. Thank you for having answered it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today morning, we're going to take a rather sensitive topic, which is Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 30. And this is something which is very profound and and very deep, where Jesus tells his disciples, You know the commandment which says, Be faithful in marriage. That is Matthew chapter 5, verses 27. Be faithful in marriage. And verse 28, But I tell you that if you look at another woman, and want her, you are already unfaithful in your thoughts. 
And Jesus says something which has changed the very scope of sin itself. In the Old Testament, the physical act of adultery was considered a sin. But in the New Testament, Jesus brings it very close to the heart and he says, even the very thought of being unfaithful in your mind is the act of adultery. Quite often we've thought that only Jesus said this in the New Testament. But God is so concerned about the institution of marriage. If you go to the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 onwards, it says, And what else are you doing? You cry noisily and flood the Lord's altar with your tears, because he isn't pleased with your offering and refuses to accept them. And why isn't God pleased? It's because he knows that each of you men has been unfaithful to the wife you married when you were young. You promised that she would be your partner, but now you have broken the promise. Didn't God create you to become like one person with your wife? And why did he do this? It was so that you would have children and then lead them to become God's people. Don't ever be unfaithful to your wife. The Lord God all-powerful of Israel hates anyone who is cruel enough to divorce his wife. So take care never to be unfaithful. God is rather talking in such heavy words that he hates anyone who is cruel enough to divorce his wife. I often had the impression that the Old Testament was that in, across the Bible women's rights were never represented. But if you look at the passages you will be so touched and you will understand that God is speaking from the perspective of a woman. He says do not do not divorce do not be unfaithful. I don't want even to hear your prayer when you have been unfaithful to your partner. And Jesus again says, let not your thoughts even be unfaithful. Today we have sin right on our fingertips. A generation ago, maybe less than 50 years ago, or the last 30 years ago, if they wanted something, a bad novel or something like that, they had to go physically and get it. They were exposed to the world and they were declaring to the world that we are going this way. Today, because it's all available on our phones, you don't even need to think about it. You will think that nobody knows. But yes, the truth is everybody knows. Because they are all tracking us. 
but more than that more than the eyes of men where all such thing has been normalized god says please don't even be unfaithful in your thoughts towards your spouse let your thoughts be faithful it's in the mind the biggest battlefield lies quite often we often think that i did things right i did things right i did this right i did that right i'm doing a perfect life right now but in the midst of it suddenly a creeping thought suddenly a moment of slippage it just happened in your thoughts and from there starts the long winding road down and one of the first things that you want to lose in your life is your relationship with god you come to church you think that you will have a wonderful service but as you sit in church you feel very cold you try to listen to the pastor's sermon but his sermon makes no sense to you that's exactly what the israelites did they cried noisily and flooded the lord's altar with tears because god is in pleased with the offering and refuses to accept them when you come to church and sit down to sing the praises and worship the lord or even at home you are not able to worship you are not able to praise him you are not able to do anything dear child of god it is that secret sin in your life it is that thing which is wound you down the book of isaiah it says it is your sin which stands between you and god god is not keeping us away but the sin has come in between and the sin is keeping us away from reaching the presence of god until we take that element of disturbance in our relationship with god we will not enjoy our fellowship with god we'll just be piling up with unanswered prayers you might have somebody come and pray over you rebuke something and and god being kind may not even expose what you've been going through or what you're doing secretly and he expects of us the most important thing to be pure in our thoughts and god says like a loving father don't ever be unfaithful to your wife that's written in the book of malachi chapter 2 verses 15 here the essence that i understand is quite often we go to god with our complaints in our family life quite often men pray to god as i'm the son of god and i'm the son of god and we often look at our spouses 
God's daughter-in-law. Let me remind you, dear child of God, God has got only sons and daughters, no sons and daughter-in-laws. If you ever take a complaint of your spouse to the presence of the Lord, let me tell you, my God is kind enough that He will change your mind and make you repent rather than touch your spouse in any area of their life. You will realize the flaws in your life such lovingness of father and he expects of us to live a life that is pleasing to him and if you are struggling in the area of sin especially in the matter of secret sins in your life especially with relevant to the topic of adultery the best solution for you is what is written in the book of james is to confess your sins to one another and you will be healed we have often neglected that passage because we have often attributed that completely to the roman catholic church and we don't do that at all but do you know that i'm especially telling this with regards to people who are married that if you take your secret sins and sit with your spouse and tell that i think i need help here i have done something terrible and then talk it with them dear child of god you pray together after that heaven is going to answer every single prayer that you pray from there your family life will be strengthened in the lord through that you do not have to go to a counselor after that because god has told very strictly to you that he has created us to become like one person and if he created us to become like one person with our wife or with our husband then he expects of us to share everything with them you may have difficulty communicating certain things with your spouse but then the more you communicate the more your life gets clear you need to tell your spouse that please don't mock me or please don't 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 abuse me or don't get angry at me something happened wrong in my life and i want to share it with you and then when you sit down to pray together as a family and your husband or your wife prays for you so that you should get victory let me tell you there is no power greater than that prayer which you put before the lord that day no force of hell can stand before that and my god will deliver you from whatever you're facing if you think that your spouse will not understand the situation talk to somebody whom you trust but forsake the sin forever let that sin have no part in your body from now on
dear child of god let us prepare our hearts let's prepare our minds if you're not married keep your thoughts pure and faithful to the lord let nothing come in your relationship with him do not let the thought set in and if you're faithful in your thought he will make you a leader of people and may god bless us with these words thank you